Hello to everybody just trying to be a human, connecting with another human. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous. This call you're about to hear is a really wild one. Before we get into that, do just want to remind everybody, I'm taping my new album, Three Nights in New York City, March 31st, April 1st, and April 2nd at the Mineta Lane Theater. This is a big deal for me. Really want to get good crowds in there. Man, it would be a joy to get you there one of those nights. ChrisGeth.com for tickets. And also, beginning of May, Beautiful Canonymous, we've got a whole weekend convention, meet past callers, live phone calls, all sorts of great stuff going on. Beautifulcononymous.com. Hit the schedule. And if you're only going to come to one show, make it the Waffle Breakfast where all of the proceeds go to the Oregon chapter of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And the caller from the call Love is Everywhere will be in attendance along with her family. Much love to Holly and Love is Everywhere indeed. Now, this caller this caller doesn't really fit any demographic in life. She's she's older than a lot of our callers. She's lived a different life experience. There's a huge turn about two-thirds of the way through the call about her religious background that I've never heard before. There's some stuff to warn you about. I'll just put out there, you'll hear the specifics in the course of the call, but if you've got you know, a relationship with your parents or your children and it's strained. It's going to be tough to hear about. Also, she talks a lot about um, weight and controlling her weight. And it sounds like she's in a healthy place. I, I will put out there, she talks a lot about a specific organization that she found success with and she believes in. I don't know anything about the organization. We just recorded the call. And as always, I'll say that I just want everybody out there to find their own health and happiness in a way that makes sense for them and is is safe. And the first chunk of it, if I'm being honest, her just being really nice to me and I kind of needed to hear it and it was really nice of her to go there so at the very least there's that enjoy the call thank you for calling beautiful anonymous a beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host hello 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 oh god is this Chris it's Chris how are you oh oh wow that was fast so um, I wrote some notes. Oh, you did? And I said, if, if this is the very last time that I have an audience, right, and I talk to somebody that I admire and care for, what would I say? Because I'm not young. I'm 62 and a half. And because I've been listening to your podcast, I think that I'm an outlier in terms of age. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, most of your callers are, you know, anywhere from twenties to forties, right? I think so. I think that I think that's fair. I think most people, yeah, if I, they don't know the show, they think it's people in their twenties. There's people in their twenties, but yeah, thirties and forties is yeah. probably the most represented age. And I love that you're still yeah. counting a half. That you're sixty-two and a half. Most people stop well, counting a half. Well, I'm Mexican. 
Oh, you are. Okay. I'm Mexican, and the one and only way to gain status in Mexico is to be old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know how here you have to be famous and rich and popular and fit to be somebody in the world? Not in Mexico. Nope. So, in Mexico, there are not shortcuts. The one and only way to gain reverence and respect is by aging the old-fashioned way. I'm going to say this right away. I'm completely in love with you. And I know that's a big <laughs> leap to make, but straight up, I love well, you. And I'm in love with you. Let me, let and I've never match, said that to a caller um, before. Let me match your love with love because I am crazy about you. You are as skillful, compassionate, astute interviewer. You know how to build rapport in seconds. You know how to redirect the energy of your color always to the path of redemption. You are unbelievable at summarizing um, another person's life. Your podcast is packed with moral beauty. I love you even more now. That was so nice. You should. You know what? You should hire me because we need to do this in Spanish. Oh, that's a good idea. How have we not thought about fran to, franchising this out to other, other languages? We need to do this in Spanish. Let me tell you, we need to do this in Spanish, right? And, and for people in Spain, in Madrid, in the Philippines, you know what? For people that speak Spanish in this country of ours, because I'm American, the heart delivers it expensive way for spanish-speaking people that live in the united states of america we need to say bienvenidos al podcast de cristobal quesar in espanol and that sound beautiful it does it rolls off the tongue I'm telling you how do you say beautiful how do you say beautiful stories from anonymous people in spanish hermosas o preciosas historias de, de gente anónima hermosas historias de gente, gente anónima I think we oh, have to make so this happen and I think you have to host it's, it it's mystical I'll host it and I'll, I'll you'll come every time, all the time and I'll um, translate simultaneously for you and whenever I get stuck I'll call you and say let me ask Chris because Chris is the one who has the experience in this gig <laughs> He's been interviewing people and honestly for seven freaking years. Is it seven years? Uh, yeah, seven years. I don't think yeah. you'd need my help. Yeah. I think you got this. I think you are clearly someone who knows how to connect with people on your own. You don't need me there. You can fly well, solo on I this. I want to use your name. I want to use oh, your name. I want to say, este podcast is Chris. It's, it's not my invention. It's not my genius. I am trying to model after that glorious heroic example of Chris Gethard. Am I pronouncing your last name well? You are. Everything you do yes. is perfect. And I just want to say it a third time, I am in love with you. Your energy <laughs> well, is off the charts working for me in a positive way. I need to know everything well, about let you. Me, well, let me tell you, I, I um. Today is a very good day. I'm going to give you the quirky, weird, you know, qualifier for this podcast first, and then I'll give you um, some things that I hope might impress you. 
So the first quirky thing, today is a glorious day, Chris, because I step on the scale and the beautiful scale told me that I'm 124.2 pounds heavy and I love that. And I'm not hungry. Thank you, God. I'm not hungry and I'm fit. I'm skinny. I'm lean, mean, and serene. Thank you, universe, because you don't have the slightest idea of how much I have suffered with diets and food, but not today. Thank you, God. Did you say the word, did you just drop the phrase lean, mean, and serene? Yes, that's how I am. Lean, mean, and serene. Do you like that? It makes me want to jump out of my chair and throw the microphone against the wall with joy to hear you say the phrase <laughs> lean, mean, and serene. That's like a pro wrestling level catchphrase. Lean, mean, and serene. Okay, we're going to pause right there. I'm going to hear some advertisements. We'll be right back. Thanks to the advertisers who help our show exist. And now we're going to get back to this phone call. And so trust me, there's going to be like four things you don't see coming. It makes me want to jump out of my chair and throw the microphone against the wall with joy to hear you say the phrase <laughs> lean, mean, and serene. That's an amazing phrase. Did you pick that up somewhere? Or is that an original? I invented it. I'm leaning and serene. And which brings me to my second um, uh, point. You know how I, I'm telling you the honest truth because what is the freaking point of calling some random guy main, named Chris Gethard, right? Yeah, I've been asking why people do this for years. For years, I haven't totally right? understood why people do this. Yeah. Like, what is the point of calling this person, right? If you're not going to tell the truth, nothing but the truth and the whole entire truth. Right? Indeed. I'm with you. Okay. So I didn't know you. I met you a month ago. A month ago, I had zero clue that there was such a thing called Beautiful Anonymous or a guy named Chris Gethard. I have no idea. Zero clue. Nothing. Nothing at all. So, um, you know, for my eating thing, because I have suffered so much with food, I belong to this fellowship called Grace Cheaters Anonymous, which is kind of like the same thing as Alcoholics Anonymous but just for people with food issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for a Facebook group that I'm supposed to join, you know, to be with my people that way I measure the food without exception and that have this crazy relationship with food. And you know how the feed kind of like guesses what you're going to be interested in, you know, this crazy AI that follows you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they suggested Beautiful Anonymous. And I said, oh, this is another 12-step group similar to Alcoholic Anonymous. And I guess I qualified. <laughs> right? I am so beautiful that my life has become unmanageable, right? And I, be too, I need to be restored to sanity. I don't know if you're familiar with the 12-step Alcoholic Anonymous or not. Vaguely, vaguely. Not enough to speak to it with any authority. Anyway, so 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 then I said, beautiful anonymous. Let me see what kind of twelve step spiritual path is this. And then I went to your website, and then I said, oh, this is another thing. Okay, so let me listen to one. Now let me tell you, here is where God was looking after me. 
because the very first episode that I heard was you with this, um, you know, the girl from India who needed to Americanize her accent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one that I heard. I think that if I had started somewhere else, like at the beginning where normal people start, you know, like your very first episode about this guy who was very depressed in his van, you know, obviously depressed, right? Drinking and using marijuana all day long. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that I would have been hooked, but because I share so much with um, the caller from India, because I'm Mexican and I speak with a very heavy accent and I was not born here and all of that jazz, you got me hooked. And I listened to the whole entire thing. And then, so up until now, so I met you a month ago, I have heard 12 episodes. And now I am completely 100% hooked. And I talk to all my friends about you and this podcast. And all my friends are my age or, you know, slightly younger or slightly older. And we love you. And we believe in you. And we believe in what you're doing. After 12 episodes, you've decided this. And I'm serious. I mean, there's been 360 episodes. You've listened to 12. And I'm pretty convinced yes. that you should be hosting the Spanish language spinoff of this show. I'm, I'm, I don't well, even need to ask any you. questions. Well, let me tell you one thing. I mean, I'm not just like some random Mexican that is calling you. I am an LMHC. I hope that you are very impressed by the fact. Because I started... I started grad school at the tender age of 65, no, 57 years old. 57. And and what did you go to grad school for? Um, like, uh, mental health counseling. Wow. I belong to the same board that social clinical work and psychologists do. I do clinical work. That's incredible. I, I was accepted to a grad school program. I, I was accepted to Rutgers for their grad uh, social work program. But I, I heard that. I heard I you mentioning that. And that you said that you're not going to go this year. No, I, I got a job working in the field where I won't need the degree. So I'm going to try that out and see if it works before I commit to three years of school. Well, you are young, smart and beautiful. Um, you'll go to grad school and you'll graduate and you'll excel because, um, God willing, you live to be 120. You need a degree. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I have this job. I haven't, I don't, a lot of it's, let me put it out there because a lot of people have asked me about this. When I go out on the road and yeah. do live shows, a lot of the listeners want to know what's going on with me in grad school. So an organization in the mental health world, really great organization, um, that places counselors in schools. They're called Wellness Together. Uh, I've done speaking okay. for them. And they basically, I've, I've talked with them a lot and I told them I was thinking of going and they said, well, why don't you come work for us instead and see if that's a good fit? Because we feel like you can kind of, Well, they said, we think you can probably Those guys get some, really, Yeah. those guys really know what they're doing. So, so my best friend, he's a doctor in psychology. Sure. I love him to death. Uh-huh. And, uh, so we like to go to the movies together and then we spend endless hours analyzing every single interaction. We have a lot of fun with it. We're doing that with your episode. That's so We're nice. We're sitting together and we're saying, holy cow, how we went to school, we went to grad school, and then we spend 2,000 hours of clinical supervision to do 
awkwardly and clumsily what this guy can do effortlessly without even trying. I, You're good. I need this. I need this pep talk. I need that. I tell you, I have been down lately and I feel like we are meant to be speaking to each other. I'll tell you a few things. First of all, thank you. That means the world. I hope I can keep doing good for people. I'll also tell you something else that I haven't spoken about publicly because I've been feeling down. But I want to put this out mm -hmm. here too before it gets swept it swept away. You mentioned mm -hmm. that you've struggled with weight and you're down to a weight that you're very happy with. My, As I've been feeling kind of down, probably not coincidentally, I had a, I tell you, I had a hernia surgery last year, last July. And my metabolism, mm. it just never bounced back. And I weigh more right now than I ever have. And my eating is out of control. And it's tying into mm. some of my confidence issues. And you and I are mm. on the same page about this as well. So this conversation is yes. meant to be. And I feel comfortable and safe telling you about it. I got so worried about you the day when you were alive and you ingested some kind of crazy concoction that was fried, included potatoes and french fries and enormous amount of greasy stuff and then you were gassy remember when you said that <laughs> i couldn't care less if you have decided you know to be gassy all over the world i don't care about that good for you and good that you're teaching your kid to not be you know ashamed of his bodily functions but i got worried like we need you. We need you to be healthy and vibrant for like decades. And you need to start watching what you eat because you're over 40. Yeah. And let me tell you, time is unforgiving. I feel like this one could get more honest than any of them have in a long time from my end. And But I don't want to make it about me. I don't want to make it about me. Well, let me keep making it about me then. Please, um, You please. are very, very excellent at switching codes like um i heard you i hear you talking to me and talking to the girl from india and and the woman who was uh, you know needed to revive her sex appeal after birth and you talk to us women in a certain way and and then you talk in another very like what word do i want to use is venerable a way, reverent, reverent way to that transsexual person that disclosed in the middle of conversation that he went by see her, um, you know, like that she's serious. And then you're talking a completely different demeanor and code to your peers, you know, white males that are playful and irreverent and defiant and, you know, that kind of thing. You switch code in a very, very elegant way. I love that. Thank and you. Uh, let me see what else I want to say. Yeah, like we go to grad school and then you go to clinical um, work and supervision and they give you like boring lectures about attunement and engagement and building rapport. You're a natural. This is You're good. This, this I want very to learn nice. things that you do. This is very nice. This is very nice. And I do need the pep talk. But I also need to know you so much nimble. about you. I need to know more about you. You can tell me all these things and I do need to hear them. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. But I would be so sad if our hour together ended 
and I didn't know more about you. And that is not to say that I, you are accurately sensing that I need this pep talk. And it's it's pretty incredible for someone who's only listened to 12 episodes, but you have sliced through it. But I would kick myself forever if I didn't I, learn more about you, my friend. Well, let me tell you, like, this is about me because ever since I heard you and I started studying you, um, I lost a lot of fear. Like, um, I live in a neighborhood that some people would call, you know, not very good neighborhood. And um, so just before, just like three weeks ago, I would uh, walk in the neighborhood and I would see some random guy walking towards me and then I would cringe with fear. And this morning, just this morning when I was walking to work, I saw this guy that, you know, was kind of 40. I think that he was high with something. Right, and he was like desperate, looking for cigarettes, and and he stopped and he said, um, "Is there a store here when I can buy um, cigarettes?" And just like three weeks ago, I would have peed on my pants with fear. I would have said, "This is the end of my adventures in this neighborhood." But um, because I'm listening to you and, and and your stories, I said, "Oh, this could very." very, very easily could be one of um, beautiful and honest uh, audience or colors. And I just like melted. I told the guy, I guided him to the grocery store. I wish him well. I was kind. I was patient with a bravery that I didn't own three weeks ago. That's so nice. That's so yeah. nice to get out there and help people. So, so that happened to me, and uh, and that's what I wanted to tell you about the impact that you have done in my life. Oh, another thing, I am very good. You know, I do clinical work. I have patients, and and people call me, and and they tell me their stories, and um, and I thought two things. I hope that you're getting. Um, that your shrink, you call your shrink, that she's aware that you are very vulnerable to burnout and compassion fatigue and all of that because you hold so many stories about so many people in such an engaged way, right, that I wouldn't be surprised if you get, like, seriously burnt out. At times I do. At times I do. Yeah, of course you do. Of course. My yeah. dad, of blessed memory... He was a very well-known journalist in Mexico City, and he knew how to interview people. That's how I became to I came to admire people who know how to interview. He was a really, really good interviewer. He interviewed like all kinds of people, and and he knew everybody from everywhere, right? Because he was like the journalist where everybody wanted to go and be interviewed by him, right? And and. You know, every once in a while, he was just completely fed up and jaded and exhausted and bored and overwhelmed at the same time, psychically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, what's interesting is the <clears throat> beautiful anonymous doesn't burn me out as much. There are times where we will record episodes and the stretch from when we record it till when we release it, I feel a lot of pressure on me because it's it's kind of entrusted to me. But when I put it out there in the world and I see it get support and I see people respond to it and I see 
other people letting the caller know they identified with it, I feel like it sort of diffuses that. But for example, there was, you know, there was one where one call that kind of haunted me was uh, there's a woman who was saying that she felt like she was in a relationship that was not healthy. And halfway through, mm-hmm. the guy came home. I don't know if you've heard, this is probably not one of the 12 you listened to yet. And he in the ba- he in the no, background kind of made a scene, and 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 I, I and she she had said she that he knew she was on the phone with me, and I'm going, oh my goodness, this feels dangerous. Oh, and um, domestic violence live live domestic violence, right? You were it, experiencing it, that. It like- felt it felt like at the very least, pot- potentially, that there was some intimidation mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. there, that there was some effort to intimidate mm-hmm. or to silence. Mm-hmm. And I reacted mm-hmm. big, but it, it, it was one of the moments where I really felt like, oh, I have I have a real lack of training in here, you know. So there's times like that where that happens, and I go, we've got to get that out to the world so that this caller can feel supported by the community that surrounds the show. I feel, it. but where I more often feel the burnout is, I'll go on the road and I'll do my shows all around the country and in other countries sometimes. Mm-hmm people will come up to me and mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. face-to-face conversations often are mm-hmm, much harder because mm-hmm. I just feel like a mm-hmm. a bald white dude in his 40s who stumbled into something miraculous and then people will come up and they'll tell me stuff. Yeah. You know, whether it's a past... Uh, you understand what you're saying. Yeah, sometimes it's a past caller telling me, hey, things turned out okay or here I was that and it takes a little bit or sometimes people go, oh, I connected with this thing of yours and let me tell you something really dark and I go, and now I'm going to go sit in a hotel room in... You know, <laughs> Huntington, West Virginia, yeah. a town where I don't know anybody, and I'm going to think about it. And it's the world. Oh, the world yeah, can be very yeah. overwhelming and sad. But that's why you've made it about me again. That's why I'm glad there's people like you in it, because you clearly I'm good, right? Well, you clearly I'm good like you're good. You're clearly somebody who prioritizes positivity, and I want to hear more about you. You keep making it about a pep oh, talk for me. That's not what the show you is. Well, let me tell you. That's one thing that I want to learn because you're, oh, you're excellent at making it about the other and remaining in the back. You're not uh, you don't know me. this about me, but I am very, very vain. I'm very vain. I'm very full of myself. Okay. I'm very arrogant. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that know me well think that I'm an unbearable Jewish mother, that I bark <laughs> orders right and left. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be charming when you're 20, but I'm 62 and a half. I don't know. So I'm I, learning how to be more like you. I think it gets charming again, though. I think when you're, I think when you're <laughs> getting towards retirement age and you become like, uh, yeah, mellow, I guess. Well, yeah. no, I feel like if if all of a sudden you're like someone who's getting toward an age where you you might be a grandma and you are and you're someone who tells it like it is and you I'm don't. I'm not hold a back. grandma. Okay, that hit a, that know, hit that's a nerve. One of a, that hit a nerve. Yes, because well. Well, I have two daughters. I gave uh, birth to two daughters. Um, my eldest is 43. The young is 41. And they don't talk to me. Oh, no. And that's like a, yeah, they don't talk to me. They don't want to be part of my life. Oh, and that's no. like a big black cloud. Yeah, I know. What, can it I ask? It my you heart. You have to tell me, but I do wonder what happened. I'll tell you. Well, you know, I, I go to Alcoholics Anonymous and most of my life I have been worried with issues of weight, shape, and looks, and vanity. And most of my life I've been obsessed with food or the lack of it and 
and and and that kind of like food eating disorder things and I was unavailable and I was neglectful and I was not a good mother. What can I tell you? I was a terrible mother. So I guess, you know, because um, my daughters are in their early 40s and I miss them every single day. Um, I feel like I hit, you know, some kind of golden mine with a, a, a podcast full of people in their 40s. Right? <laughs> and so I guess it fulfills some kind of frustrated motherhood, right? So I hear your colors and I, I just love them. All of them are in their 40s. I love them. I want to hug them. I want to feed them. I want to knit them a sweater. I want to feed them. I want to make a scarf for them. I want to make them an ugly hat. I want to, you know, remind them to eat their vegetables. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm full of tenderness because, yeah, I have that black hole in my life. That's yeah. real. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. Me neither. You know, I, I usually don't like to talk about that because if I dwell on it, I become paralyzed with pain. Now, so that's what I try not to dwell on it. Yeah. I, I, I'm left wondering, yeah. you know, you were able to demonstrate such tenderness to me, and such warmth and such kindness and astute observations from someone you've listened to 12 hours of me talking. 12 hours, yeah. yeah. 12 hours. And stuff that felt so true. Well, I also went to YouTube and entered Chris Gethard, and I saw you you're, I saw you live. Well, not live, but, you know, like the video. Uh-huh. I saw your face and your glasses, and, and you know, I, I just don't have your voice, but I also have an image of you. And then I know that you have a boy who's going to be four in April, best age ever. Three and four years old are the most interesting people in the planet. And that you married a beautiful, beautiful woman. And and I feel love for you. I, I just wish you the best. My husband and I have prayed for you. My best friend, Tom, the doctor in psychology, and I have prayed for you. That's we we so just nice. love you. We Thank love you. you. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm telling everybody who's 60 and older, come and listen to this kid. He's a freaking genius. Thank you. And I love that. And and to anybody, if there are if there are any sixty plus, especially any sixty plus Mexican American listeners who you have swayed, everyone's welcome here. Welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. I gotta ask. Yeah, thank you. And if I'm yeah. if I'm dwelling on stuff that you go, you know, you might say it's time to move on, and that's fine. But I'll ask I'll ask one more question, which is, you know, you now work in a field that's dedicated towards helping others. You're making me feel so, yes. Mm -hmm. And you're making me feel so good about my efforts to carve out a space for others. It's clear to me. I don't want to, uh, I don't want you to believe that I just go about the world telling nice things to nice people randomly. I am choosy. I am, I want to believe that I'm very discerning. I was raised in a very, very religious household. We don't say bad words. We shy away from, you know, sexual conversations that are cynical. We are, you, you, if you saw my podcast that I listened to, you would say, holy cow, what a boring person, right? All Jewish stuff and, and psychology stuff. And now, Beautiful Anonymous. So now I listen to Beautiful Anonymous and a Torah class from a rabbi. And Beautiful Anonymous 
and some lecture about psychology and beautiful anonymous. Like your podcast is spiritual, if you ask me. It's beautiful in an aesthetic way. Now, I, that is inspiring and uplifting. I have to jump in and say a few things, which is one, I feel like, and you tell me because this is something you actually are probably trained to sense more than I am. I feel like I have a couple more questions about your daughters and you're cutting me off from getting to those questions. And I respect that. But if you don't want to go there, I respect it. And then I also have, well, there's two. My feeling is this, to hear that you are someone who went to grad school at 55, to hear someone who's capable of as much kindness as you've shown me today, it really breaks my heart to hear that, you, you know, your past state of being, maybe some of the past traps that you fell into have disconnected you from your daughters. And I have to imagine that there must be some effort with the kindness that you're able to demonstrate me and going to school to try to show kindness to others is a part of it to correct some of that past. And and, and I have to imagine that dedicating yourself towards the service of others now at this stage in your life might feel like a a correction towards some of the traps you fell into in the past, especially the ones that created this wedge in your, in your family. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a question? It's more just a statement of something I'm noticing that I wonder your opinions on. Of course. Yeah. You know, I spent, well, my profession is my profession, right? And then I spent a lot of time in this thing, the great cheater anonymous things, with people, have you seen the whale? The movie, the whale. I have with Brendan Fraser. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Oh, you have to see it. It's incredible. I've seen it three times. All right. It I'll is check about it out. the horrors. Yeah, it's about how real food addiction is. How you know how people tend to put down eating disorders. They say, oh, it's about vanity. It's about it's not it's not a real thing. It's not a real addiction. Let me tell you. You can kill yourself with food. And just a few extra pounds, like the ones that you're experiencing right now, can bring you down. Yeah. Can make you feel depressed and like lethargic and sort of dying. And I spent a lot of time sponsoring people in great years and money. A lot of time. I sponsor people in English and I sponsor people in Spanish. And I encourage people to weigh and measure their food without exception, every single day, one day at a time, to quit their alcoholic foods. And today is, it's the first of the month. So on the first of the month, all that population of great heroes and animals will weigh ourselves. And everybody is accountable to one another. And, and I have enjoyed 13 blessed years when food is not an issue anymore. Thank you, God. In this height, I am five feet four. And in this height, as an adult, I have weighed 211 pounds, and I have weighed 78 pounds, Chris. 78. Oh, I was wow. dying. I was starving. Have you heard of Karen Carpenter? She yeah, died of hunger. Of course. That was before your year. I'm familiar, though. I'm she familiar. was a very famous singer, and yeah. she, she starved. She starved to death and um, on purpose. Well, I mean, at the beginning on purpose, but then she, and she died, you know, because she was chubby, and then she got went on a diet that went too far, and then she died. 
And uh, so I was 78 years, 78 pounds heavy, and I felt fat, and I wanted to lose three more. Is that crazy? I was in a wheelchair, my teeth were falling, my hair was falling, and I wanted to lose a few extra pounds. Wow. And now, you know, I eat my three meals a day, glorious, gorgeous, beautiful meals, delicious. I ate, is it okay if I tell you what I ate for lunch? Yeah, sure. I ate salmon, I ate uh, rice cauliflower seasoned with mushrooms and saffron, and I ate uh, soy milk with black tea, and I ate uh, carrots with tahini. My belly is full and well-nourished. I'm not hungry. Another feast is waiting for me for dinner time, and I'm not fat. And I'm lean, mean, and serene talking to Chris in this glorious day. Thank you, God. We got ads. And this is one of those calls. You could just pick any arbitrary point and go, what's going to come next? No one knows. So we'll be back. We'll find out together. Thanks to everyone who sponsors the show. Thanks for getting my back and allowing the show to happen. And now we're going to finish the phone call. And I'm lean, mean, and serene talking to Chris in this glorious day. Thank you, God. Wow. Wow. So that's what I do. That's what I do with my tenderness and my, you know, love. Sure. That was originally devoted to my children. Well, I'll say, you know... Stories like this, they don't have firm endings. And I hope that someday you find a way to reconnect if that's a thing that you desire. And I hope I, I hope that, that uh I hope it goes well when it happens. Um, from your lips to God. I, I I never I never quit hoping that one day they'll say, Ah, nobody has a perfect mother. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I hope it happens. Yeah. Thank I'm, you. I also have to ask about another thing you've brought up a few times. Okay. Well, you know, you mentioned a few times that you've prayed for me. It's very nice. I except, too. Except yeah. the prayers. I, I'm, uh, I'm someone who grew up more religious than I am now, but I, I completely accept it and appreciate it. I also know that Mexican culture is traditionally viewed as very heavily Catholic, but you've mentioned a few times that you study Judaism. Well... This is a really good story that needs to be told. Do you know that Christopher Columbus was Jewish? I don't believe I did. Well, we know that he's Jewish because he wrote with Hebrew characters from right to left. So he wrote in Ladino. Ladino is kind of like Yiddish, but in Spanish, you know how Yiddish is a combination of German and Hebrew? Yeah, well, sure. Ladino is a combination of Spanish and Hebrew, right? And okay, this is so interesting, so interesting. Nobody teaches you at school. The same day that the Jews were expelled from Toledo, Spain, was the day where Christopher Columbus left on his adventure. So guess who was on those ships? Who? The Jewish people. Wow. Jewish people were the first ones who came to this land, right? And the very first houses of worship in America were Jewish, not Catholic. They were Jewish, not Christian. But guess who 
follow them, the Inquisition. I am a descendant of the Marranos. The Marranos are the people that were forced to convert it to Catholicism to stay alive, right? But secretly kept Judaism all their lives. The one and only reason I came to this land is uh, with a hope to be openly Jewish and nothing else. But guess what? Here I'm Hispanic. I had no idea I was Hispanic until I came to this country. You had no idea you were Hispanic till you came to this country? I had no idea. We don't talk, we don't go around the world in Mexico saying I'm Hispanic, you're just Mexican. I had no idea that I was not white until George Floyd happened to us. And uh, so, you know, even though I've been here for 25 years, I'm still becoming American. I'm still being Americanized. I'm still slowly understanding how I am perceived in American society. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's terrible. Now, can I ask you, so this connection with Judaism and this cultural connection, is this something that was kind of practiced quietly through generations of your family or were your families? Yes. Oh, so it's not yes, like something you rediscovered. In, it was something that was quietly practiced and then you wanted to be more open about it. It was practiced in secrecy. Yeah, it was practiced in secrecy and, if, may I say, in shame. It was not a good thing to be Jewish. It's not a good thing to be Jewish, but it's something that we do. My dad, a blessed memory, he, um, he bought us a pet, a, a little piglet as a pet, and he named him Benjamin Cohen. So we had, you know, Benjamin Cohen, he was a cute little thingy pet and we fed him carrots and we brushed him and we cuddled with him and he was pretty and cute. And then, of course, like piglets have the tendency to do, he grew up and, and he was big, you know, and obnoxious. So my dad, you know, had to take him out of the house. But then he took us to the butchery and he showed us, you know, the butchered pigs and, and, and the ham and the bacon and the sausages. And then he said, um, these are the relatives of Benjamin Cohen. If you see people eating these things, just run, run, run. Don't stop running. You cannot eat these things. It worked. I mean, I don't appreciate his methods, but <laughs> that was the way that he wanted us to stay away from pigs, from eating pork and many things like that, right? Like Everything you tell me, I wind up fascinated by I got to tell you that. Well, I love you too. I love you too. You're you're good. I love you too. I just I hope I, to see you live in in New York. We're meeting in New York in May. Oh, yeah, the big we're doing a big convention, big beautiful anonymous convention. Yeah. I'm I'm just finding out. I need to find a girlfriend or somebody that will go with me cuz I don't like to travel alone. And my husband can't Why travel not? anymore. He has a little bit of Alzheimer's. Oh, that's so he sad. Has, like, he gets agitated. Yeah. He gets agitated. He's he's good. He's happy. He's he's an old rocker. His his world is full of music and rock and roll. He's not suffering, but he gets agitated if we go on an thing. But wow. yeah, hopefully I'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm now gonna spend I tell you, I'm gonna spend time that I should be doing working on other stuff later today, reading about the history of hidden Judaism in Mexican culture. Because a quick Google search shows me there's a lot. There's a lot of writing out there about it. 
I know, I know, we're a bunch. We are so many, we're called the Marranos. We are the hidden Jews, yeah, we are, we were always Jewish people, but uh, we pretended to be Catholic just to survive. So we're too Catholic to be Jewish and too Jewish to be Catholic. I wanted to emigrate to be Jewish, period, but here I'm not known as a Jewish person unless I go to the shul, right? But people say, oh, this is Hispanic girl. <laughs> well, you know that I'm Jewish. I know that I'm Jewish. Hopefully God and the House of Israel knows that I'm Jewish. And when you when you grew up in Mexico, were you, did you speak Hebrew? Did you write Hebrew? I, w- I want to know what the transition is. I mean, most people who immigrate have a transition experience of now you have to come to no. figure out your my place in America. My dad believes... Okay. My, my path to Judaism was through English. My dad, of blessed memory, he believed in two things, the New York Times and Torah. And he said, you absolutely must learn English because your future is in English. In English, you are going to understand who you are. He meant it as the Jewish thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he had in mind. Like a large sizable Jewish population was in New York, right? So mm-hmm. that was his hope for us to find our way to a, 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 a community. And so I was raised in um, English, Spanish, um, a little bit of what I now know, it's a little bit of Ladino. And, um, and I was taught to revere um, the, the, the printed word in English because everything that is noble, beautiful, and worth pursuing comes from America. <laughs> That's what I was told when I was a little girl. Okay. Right? I don't know. And, uh, There's yeah. a lot of people who still believe it. I also think America has a lot to think about, but I'm sure it's, it's a more layered place than that. But yes, continue, continue. Well, all I'm saying is that there are a lot of people that still believe that. And now I'm American. Now I'm part of the dream. I'm part of like, I am, I, I am somebody who... Who, who hopefully can tell the world America the beautiful and, and among the beautiful, beautiful anonymous. Life is good. America's alive. You are a champion of inclusion and belonging. I want to go around the world with the kind of energy that beautiful anonymous portrays and conveys. And, and uh, now I'm part of this community. I have to ask you, though, when you, when you come to the States, and yeah. you're able to practice your religion freely. Yes. What's it like the first time? What's and it, learn about it. And, and you learn and learn it. about it. So what's it like to go to a yeah. synagogue for the first time? What's it like to meet other Jewish people when when you've walked such a different path compared to what people think of as the traditional experience? Are you are you bat mitzvah at this point? I have so many questions about that. Yes, I am. I am. I am not at all bat mitzvah. I am my parsha is kitisa. I am supposed I have the responsibility to hold that story about when we adore the, Jew, the golden calf. Remember that part? It's very famous. Yeah, no, I've he- I've heard of the golden calf. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my parsha. That's my portion of the Torah. Yeah. And how old were you when you were bar mitzvah? Yeah. Oh, old. Like, let me see. Like, like twenty-three years ago. So I was your age, I guess. Your age, yeah. You were so you were in twenty three years ago. So you were like thirty nine or forty. Yeah, like right around my age. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. That's incredible. Well, I have gone through phases. 
at the beginning it was like you know it's like 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 watching you know like Mickey Mouse on cartoons and then you go to Disneyland and then you see Mickey Mouse in person and then you're like awestrucken and like you you cannot believe your eyes right I thought I thought of a Jewish people as some kind of idolized mythical Jewish person that doesn't really exist in real life. So at the beginning I was like awestrucken and then I was like a little bit, you know, disappointed. And then I say, oh, Jewish people are just like people. Jewish people are just people, right? They're just random people. They're the good, the bad, the ugly, the dumb, the intelligent, the smart, right? We're just people. And, and now I'm at the point in my life in which George Floyd, uh, everything that we live around George Floyd uh, really changed my life again, my perception of people and, and the perception of myself. And this, this podcast is doing that again, like opening the doors of love and community for me. Yeah. So I would say like being Jewish, uh, George Floyd, uh, beautiful anonymous, Chris Gethard, big breaking down the walls of fear to love and community. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now, because I, I tell you, I grew up in a town, very diverse, and the elementary school I went to, I took a bus from a neighborhood that was a lot of Irish Catholics. Um, and But the elementary school I went to was in a part of town where my, my elementary school, I was in school with a lot of Jewish kids. My middle school, I wound up mm-hmm. in school with a lot of the black kids from town. And then the high school, everybody was together. And it was a very interesting, I, I look back, I go, what a great way to grow up, to get to just know all different types of people, um, especially mm-hmm. when we were all still young. But I know that yeah. I, I attended some bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs growing up. Yes. And they also mm-hmm. threw parties. So in my mind, like in, in the stereotypical bat mitzvah, it's like there's the religious ceremony, but then there's the party where it's like you get like a DJ and they might bring in like a dance crew. And like my friend, <laughs> my friend Steve was movie themed and there was all movie references. And in my mind, I really want to believe that you were 40 and still had a bat mitzvah party with like a DJ and a dance squad and they were handing out prizes. Of course I did. You did? Yeah. No of way. Course. No way. Yes, way, yes, way. What I was that party like, like? I proudly went. It was wild and Jewish, and we danced the chorus. And it was we wild ate and, and we danced Jewish? and we rejoiced. Oh, <laughs> and it was Mexican, best. too. And my dad was alive, and he came, and we were happy and openly Jewish. Mexican and openly Jewish in the beautiful land of America. It was beautiful. Wow. Muy bonito. And yeah, and I just have so many questions about. I mean, about everything you've said. About we wasted so much time with you being nice to me, and now I don't have time for all my questions. So, where do you feel today? As for because there's a huge Mexican American diaspora in this country. I mean, so much of the country, the Southwest, very obviously. California, very yeah. obviously, and and spreading more and more. And I think also not just spreading, unspoken in. Almost every area of this country, there's a huge influence of Mexican culture. It's just not maybe as visible on the surface. But I'm wondering what your connection to it is coming from such a specific group. It's fascinating. 
Well, we're talking about identity and what yeah. you want to be, you know, written in your epitaph. And by my count, we just have four minutes left. Oh, Three no. now. No, we have um, nine, nine minutes, nine minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, so when I was little, I was seven years old and I was learning English. I invented a pronoun of my own and I learned about she and he and I invented my pronoun. Um, it's whom, H-U-M for human. Oh, wow. You like my pronoun? I do. I love your pronoun. Hum. Hum. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. I said, well, I don't want to be boxed as a he. I don't want to be boxed as a she. I want to be a full human person and I want that to be enough. That's what I want to be, much than Jewish or Mexican or American or married or a mother or a psychotherapist or a caller. I want to be a human connecting to another human. And right here, right now, I am one. I made it. My life is a renowned success. I'm a human connecting to another human and we love each other. And that's the whole meaning of life. I tend to agree. I feel like this quest to be human, we're all on mm -hmm. it. And I wonder what you would think too of, um, even even in your answer, it exposes so, so much of what I believe is that we ask, we constantly ask ourselves these questions when the answer is, it doesn't totally matter. Like, what's the balance of your Mexican background to your Jewish background? What's the background of, you know, what's the balance of your American to your Mexicanness. All these questions at the end of the day are interesting to ponder upon, but we we so often allow them to become firm lines, right? And a quick shorthand exactly. for how we all define each other. And that shorthand and those firm lines become really dangerous and limiting. And I love that your answer basically reflects at the end of the day, just rolling with the punches and figuring out how to be a human being. And I think if... Loving, loving one another, oh, loving and fully accepting one another. Indeed. Yeah. And my best days, I pull that off. Well, you deserve, you have worked so hard and you're so vulnerable every single day that you call because you don't know me. I have the protection. I haven't given your name, my name or, you know, my whereabouts while well, you are there naked in front of everybody. Like, it's just fair that the doors of love are wide open to you and that all of us pour our love to you and that you may live 120 years happy and connected. 120 years. I mean, that's, that's a very long time, but I, uh, I appreciate No, it's about the amount that you need to do what you need to be doing in this world. 120 years. At some point, I'm just going to want to rest. I want to live 120 years, Chris. I'm only 62 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this one is, <laughs> this call has felt like taking, it, it feels like taking a hot shower, this call. feels like I took a nice hot shower. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. I feel very flattered because my Hebrew name is Mayim, which means water. Look at that. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. How, I had no oh, idea. Oh, God. I said, I said my name. I'm so sorry. But it's my Hebrew name. I know. I Nobody calls me that. It's your Hebrew name. So it's, that's not like the one on your actual license or anything. No, like no, so, yeah. no. So you're no, still anonymous. No. You're still anonymous. Thank you. Incredible. Yeah, thank you. Incredible. What a life yeah. you've led. 
What a life you've led. I have. Yeah, yeah. I'll write this in my resume. I was interviewed by the Chris Gethard once. Oh, and people will say <laughs> who, and it will be fine. Now, I have to ask, because we've got five minutes mm-hmm. left. You're 62. Yep. You say you want to live to 120, so you're just getting started. You're you're just now I'm entering the second started. half of your life. So what's 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 yes. the plan? What are the goals? What are the aims? Well, I want to. I must do this podcast in Spanish using your name without you know getting into you know financial trouble or legal stuff. <laughs> I want to do that in Spanish. I want to keep working as I'm working. Hopefully, one day I want to reconnect with my daughters. I want to age with my beautiful, wonderful husband. Um, I want to keep traveling with Grace Years Anonymous and sponsor a lot of people, helping them with their eating disorders stuff. And uh, what else? I want to have many cats. Um, I want to go to see you live and, you know, to see the rest of the community there and to hug many people if I can. Um, And I'm going to eat dinner later. I love that. Life is good. And getting better. Simple goal right there. Simple Mm -hmm. goal. Eat dinner Mm -hmm. later. Let's not lose sight of that either. I love you. This is this one has been an all-time classic, I would say. An all-time classic. Arms around you. I never arms around you and Caleb and your and your wife. Can I tell you something? Mm -hmm. A lot of times at this point in the show, seven years in. I have at least a, you know, we'll be five, 10, 15 minutes in and I'll have at least a handle on, well, I feel like I know the basics of what this is about. This one, there wasn't, a, there wasn't 90 seconds where I was ever certain what was going to come next. And I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I thank you for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Thank you for an hour of love. We've got three and a half minutes left. So now, now what are you going to surprise well, me with? Let me see. Three minutes. That's a long time when you are an addict. Addiction is a real thing. Uh, only 80 years ago, people would die. And, and now people don't because there's the other Anonymous, that 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous. It saves many lives. So if you're suffering with addiction, alcohol, drugs, food addiction, Google the other Anonymous podcasts and websites and Zoom meetings, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Gracious Anonymous for food. Your and, life will be beautiful too. Now I want to ask about you. You, I know, I know about Overeaters Anonymous, but you're not saying Overeaters. What is you're saying? Grace Eaters Anonymous. Great Sheeters Anonymous. Grace Sheeters Anonymous are the founders of Overeaters Anonymous that never relapse. They're the ones who have never overate again, ever, ever, ever. And now they're dying with 50 years of living in the solution. And uh, it's amazing. It's just such a, it, I cannot begin to tell you how beautiful, wonderful, exciting my food is now and how much I love being skinny, lean, mean, and serene every day. I just love it. I love fashion. I love dresses. I love being skinny. All right. All right. I want to get a little mm-hmm. healthier. I can feel my health getting out of control and the eating is, my eating is reflecting it. And I've eaten, mm. I, I, well, eat, I eat to reward myself. I, I eat to punish myself. I eat to 
um, feel in control. I'm doing all these emotional eating things, and I don't know all the implications of that, but I Google can feel Google Cheater. Graysheet.org. Just Google it. We have so many Zoom meetings. It's just beautiful. It's the easiest, softest way. It's the end of hunger and the beginning of sanity. It's just so good. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't thank Wish you enough. Welcome. Yeah. Graysheeters and others. Graysheeters. Graysheet.org. Okay. I'll yeah. ch- you know what? I don't know if it's for me, but I'll check it out with an open mind. I can't thank you enough for this call. This was a surprising mm-hmm. one, a wild one. Your kind words mean a lot. For everybody who was in the beginning going, how long are they going to talk about Chris? I will just say I needed it, so I thank you, caller. And I'm also glad that we got to hear about some of your family history, your life history, your religious history. It was also fascinating, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Chris. Love you much. Bye-bye. Caller, I know I said it so many times, but wow, I never knew where it was going to go. Your positivity really affected me greatly. I hope your husband is healthy. I hope you reconnect with your daughters. I hope you just have a lot of happiness in your life. Thank you so much to Anita Flores, who produces the show. Thank you to Jared O'Connell for engineering the show. Thank you to Shell Shag for our theme music. You know where Shell Shag's going to be playing at Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, wherever you're listening, hit subscribe, favorite, follow. It helps us so much when you do. You can find our latest merch at podswag.com. There's shirts and posters and stuff. And if you want your episodes of the show ad-free, you're going to want to go to stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code STORIES for a one-month free trial. And hey, just like our caller today, she was saying she discovered the show. She started telling friends about it. Word of mouth is by far the greatest form of advertising there is. So if you enjoy the show, spread word. Thanks so much for doing so.